Power and Responsibility. The Data Center Podcast is brought to you by Echelon Data Centers. Hello, and welcome to Power and Responsibility, the Data Centers Podcast, brought to you by Echelon Data Centers. Data centers are the focus of a lot of attention at the moment, um, given that the threat to Ireland's national grid and power supply is being blamed on data centres, and data centres, we're being told, don't actually add anything to Ireland's economy. All of these things, of course, are myths, and that's what we aim to counter uh, in this series of podcasts. I'm Jeremy Probert, and with me today is my colleague, my partner in crime, Craig McKechnie. Hello, Jeremy. And we're joined by Graham McWilliams, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Echelon Data Centres. Graham, just for our listeners, a quick recap. Uh, Echelon Data Centres was launched in 2019 with two sites in Ireland and plans for €1 billion Euro investment. Uh, since then, you've added two more Irish sites to your portfolio, plus one in London, uh, and you've recently announced plans for a second UK site just north of London. Uh, it's been a busy time for you guys, hasn't it? Yes, indeed, Jeremy. It's been a very busy few years. Um, you were pushing on with the with the construction activity on our Dub 10 Clondalkin site. That's going very well. And there's going to be a, a further ramp up uh, coming up later this month. We have also been bringing our other sites uh, through the planning and power situations uh, and processes, getting them construction ready. So there's been real activity there. You mentioned the addition of our site, the addition of our site in Chesham. That's obviously a major plus as well. And we're also looking at, at further expansion, and there will be news on this in 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 coming weeks. But uh, yeah, it has been it's been a very busy time, all right. Quite clearly, data centres are a big industry sector in Ireland and growing. And we know that in 2019, uh, the Irish government uh, was very, very keen to be, and I'm paraphrasing, very, very keen to be a a tech centre of excellence. And that was very much predicated on the presence of companies like Echelon. Can you give me an update on how Echelon sites are progressing? Uh, progress is very, very good. I think it's safe to say that the, the, the portfolio sites that we've compiled and all the work that's been done over the last year dealing with the power issues, dealing with the planning, bringing these sites forward for construction, doing it with a very strong focus on renewables and sustainables, that has that, that absolutely been uh, very market appropriate. We are seeing that now. Graham, can I ask, from a power perspective, data centres in Ireland are feeling the pain right now. Um, we're being told the grid can't cope because of a last lack of investment and forward planning. But then, of course, data centre demand is also being blamed. We know that data centres can help support the system. Is this what the data centre sector needs to do to move forward? Yeah, I think as we look at it, Craig, like there's a couple of elements to that question. And If we look at it, first thing is, yeah, data centres are absolutely vital pieces of infrastructure. You know, they are absolutely central to so much of our daily lives. Um, but let's acknowledge it, data centers are large consumers of power. And it's absolutely vital that data centers need to be part of the overall solution here. And this is something that's been absolute at the cornerstone of the Echelon power strategy since, you know, since we were founded. I think it's worth having a look here just what's been happening technically from a grid perspective over the last number of years. There's been a fundamental shift where we've gone from central generation with distributed consumption. But then as we've moving towards our 2030 targets of 70% renewables, the whole operation of the grid has been transformed. It's now got distributed generation, but concentrated and centralized consumption. And that fundamental shift has brought many challenges to it from a transmission and from a management point of view. So that shift, that change in paradigm is happening at a time when power consumption, power demand is increasing. 
data centers being one of the one of one of the causes of those, but also other things like electrification of heat, electrification of transport, all contributing to that. So you've got a fundamental shift, a fundamental change in how the grid is running, how the grid needs to run, together with the increasing demand that we're seeing. From a data center perspective, we are strong proponents of the fact that data centers need to be part of the solution. Okay, it's it's not acceptable just to to rock up and start consuming power and just to be draw down, uh, you know, uh, as needed. We're very much focusing on how we can actually support the grid in a you know from a wider perspective. So our sites, we include our own on-site generation. So we're investing significant amounts of money in on-site generation that can support the grid and actually be available as backup to the grid. So that's that's one critical element. In terms of location. We're also looking at how we can move outside of the constrained Dublin area, outside of those real hotspots, out closer to the source of, of renewable power, where you can lessen the transmission burdens. That, that's another thing that I think is, is, is vital that data centers have to do. The other thing is, is around innovation. You know, and, and we'd be we'd be certainly leading a, a number of, uh, of very serious innovation streams, again, in support of the security supply and support of the grid. One of the areas that we're looking at, and the data center industry in general is looking at, is around storage, effective use of, of storage. So there are plenty of times on the grid where renewable outputs are high. There's plenty of power in the grid. So when when there is when there is high wind and there is high renewables, at that point your data centers can can consume. And Echelon's strategy is based on consuming and importing at that stage. But then crucially, at points where there is constraints, where the wind isn't blowing, the sun isn't shining. Echelon have the ability to actually support the grid at those times, step down our demand, our import, export out to the grid if needs be. But it's all critical. It's all part of an overall power strategy that tries to see consumption of power when it's available and also storage of that power when it's available. Are we talking batteries here or are we talking potentially green hydrogen as a storage solution? Jeremy, you're talking both. Uh, and we have active plans on both. Um, I, I think the key thing here is there's lots of times, and this is very important from a renewables point of view. This is hugely important from, from Ireland Inc. and how we actually bring 70% renewables and how we go beyond that. We talk about business case behind renewables. But one of the key things is that our renewable producers, they all face significant periods of consumption, of, of curtailment, excuse me, times when they're actually told to turn down their output. Okay, turning down their renewable output at a time when we're targeting 70% renewables and we really need to increase, we need to move towards that zero carbon targets. What we're saying is that at times, rather than curtailing, if you can actually store or use that power that would otherwise be curtailed and lost to the system, if you can use that to either generate hydrogen or you can use that to charge your large battery installations that for periods when then where the renewables aren't uh, high, that is your ideal scenario. And that is something very much that, that Echelon are looking at and are investing in. I'm hearing from this that, that the demand from data centers is 24-7. It's what, what they call a large-scale consumer of energy. This is basically providing a almost an investment case for people to come in and build renewable energy generation infrastructure. Absolutely. Um, like as you mentioned, it, it is key, and, and thanks for pointing out the twenty four seven nature of data centers does give that constant demand for power. It's not it's not subject to your peaks and troughs. Typically, it is it is fairly consistent. And yes, it, it can be the cornerstone of the business case around renewable production. But also, the point around curtailment and play, locating a data center near a renewable producer or using renewable power when it would otherwise have been curtailed, is a huge boost to the already existing 
renewable business case. So yes, they're there. They provide the cornerstone and the backbone, but they also have the ability to increase the revenue because at times where the output of a, a renewable farm would already would be curtailed, data centers can be the consumer and also use that as storage to provide back into the grid and support the grid at times when the renewable outputs are low. Great. You talk about storage, you talk about battery tech. Yeah, battery tech isn't where it needs to be at this point. Do you feel that data centers can provide a business case for increased investment in battery tech? And can you see the day in the not too distant future where backup power in data centers is going to be battery? It's not going to be fossil fuels. Yeah, I, I, do, I do think that data centers, the demand for batteries coming from data centers, be a part of our UPS systems, which provide that instant re- reaction to a, a grid event or a cut in power, or the larger battery storage solutions, which we're also looking at. I do think data center demand is absolutely uh, uh, you know, justifying and, and, and enabling a lot of the R&D into the improvement of battery technology. And so that is in, 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 in addition with other large, large consumers, be it be a car, uh, you know, car type investment as well. But yes, absolutely, data centers are playing an important role in enabling the R&D for battery technology. In terms of the future state and whether we do see that uh, battery storage and battery storage solutions can be the alternative to maybe your typical diesel type backup, yes, we do see this as absolutely being something that is achievable in the medium term. Echelon are committed to engineering diesel out of our backup solutions uh, and battery is a is a part of that uh, we are also looking at on-site gas generation which is a con- considerably cleaner fuel source than than diesel is but we do see that as as, as we progress and as we move to that zero carbon uh, economy that we're all targeting we do need to remove the likes of diesel from our power stack and our infrastructure stack i'm, I'm going to bring it back slightly to to renewables there's a claim or as a belief that's often quoted that there's up to 35 gigawatt of wind power available off the coast of Ireland, uh, which, as we know, is seven times the total total Irish consumption currently. The problem is no one's harnessing it. So this is a broad question, and it's an opinion-based one. What do you think needs to be done to make that happen? Yeah, I suppose, first off, I would point out that the amount of wind and wind power that Ireland could potentially harness. There's a there's a significant opportunity there, not just for the grid and and our longer term targets towards 100% renewable in time, but also for from an Ireland and from an economy point of view, being able to really show a stable grid with significant generation in the longer term to attract further foreign direct investment is something that Ireland really needs to deliver on. So the, it is very reassuring to hear about the amount of offshore wind that could be generated. How do we harness this? is an absolutely critical element. We do need to move our consumption of power closer to the source of renewable power. Data centers do have an absolute role to play in that, whereas we need to look at data centers moving outside of your metro areas, moving out closer to the location of, and, and the source of renewable power. We also need to look at the impact that data centers can have in terms of combating curtailment. So times when the power from you know renewable generators is effectively switched off because there isn't sufficient demand. Data centers planned properly, located properly, can have a significant impact on that, can really improve the business case uh, in terms of enabling additional revenue streams uh, to your your renewable generators. And then we do also have to look at how data centers 
and this, the, 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 the other uh, technologies that they're bringing around storage, how they can also help with the curtailment story or, or avoiding curtailment. So there is a significant, significant resource there that harness properly could transform our grid can really have a significant uh, advantage and economic advantage in terms of uh, attracting further foreign direct investment. And um, so there is a significant opportunity there for Ireland and for the grid. You talk about moving uh, data centres closer to the power source and in terms of having critical infrastructure grouped together in terms of renewable power, in terms of data centres, in terms of other services. However, currently it does seem that an awful lot of data centre tenants in Ireland want to be in and around Dublin. What does that mean for the cluster there? Does it mean no more development? Does it mean curtailment there? Do the hyperscalers and other data centre tenants need to realise that um, that their data will need to be closer to the power source? Absolutely. So there's a couple of, of interesting phenomena uh, in, in play at the moment. First thing is AirGrid would have introduced the concept of flexible supply a couple of years ago in reaction to this. So in areas where there's high grid constraint and constraint and power availability, AirGrid introduced flexible supply, which effectively means that at times of constraint, they can ramp down the amount of power that you can consume. I suppose that's point number one. There's also currently a, a CRU consultation, which is going to be directed, will be published shortly. It gives AirGrid and ESPN the ability to prioritize large energy users who are A, located in an appropriate location, and B, who bring their own on-site generation to mitigate their demand. So I think from a, the wider data center community, yes, there has been absolutely been a historic focus on the Dublin area inside that M50 ring. But from a, from a power perspective, power provision, reading into the policies that are coming through in terms of CRU, it's inevitable that the next wave of data center locations has to be outside of the Dublin area. It has to move closer to sources of intense renewable power production. It has to lessen transmission issues. And that is uh, that, that is something that the data center industry is going to have to strive towards and also move towards. It's also, it is a positive as well from a, a regional development perspective and from an investment perspective. We saw the government policy in 2019 around data centers and locating data centers out in the regions. And you know, while we would have possibly been one of the first movers there in terms of our acquisitions in Arclo, it didn't really catch on in the industry in general. However, the awareness now that in order to access power, you're going to have to move out close to those renewable locations. The being able to move the investment or to share the investment, and we are talking about very significant investment sums, being able to move that into the regions is, is a major plus in terms of your you know, local regional development and in terms of regional employment as well. We've actually steered this conversation quite nicely, actually, because Echelon were the first data centre company to sign a deal, co-location agreement with SSE Airtricity, facilitating the expansion of the Arclo Bank wind farm. Can you just talk us through that, if you could basically outline what the deal was and basically tell us where we are now? The collaboration with SSE, is, it's, it's a very exciting uh, development, one I'm particularly proud of. Um, and it does further highlight Echelon's commitment to sustainability and renewable investment. We do think that what we're doing, what's going on in Arclo, and I'll talk specifically to your point now in a second, uh, Jeremy, is it's it's a model for the future. And this isn't just an Irish model. This is a worldwide, this is what data centers should be doing. Our agreement with, with SSE, our partnership with SSE, circles on our Arclo Dub20 site, where we are collaborating on the joint development of a 220 kV substation. That substation would be the landing point for the output from the for the offshore wind farm that SSE are developing 
in Arclo. So that's 600 to 800 megawatts of power coming on shore. It'll be landing in this co-developed substation, while it'll also be the substation that feeds the data centers and feeds the data center project. So this is a great example of what I was talking about earlier around large energy users locating close to sources of significant renewable power. There are other opportunities as well. When, when you build a piece of grid infrastructure of this magnitude, there are other, other opportunities for other renewable providers to be tapping into that as well, while also really enhancing the grid infrastructure in the area. So it really is a very positive story that's going on out in Arclo at the moment. And where are we with this? We're quite a good way uh, down. Uh, obviously, we have the deal in place. We've got everything in place with, with SSE. We're actually due a decision from the uh, onboard Planola now around the planning permission for our for the 220 kV substation. It is due any, any minute now, for what better term. And we will then be looking at uh, we're looking at how we can mobilise that and how we can kick on with the procurement and construction of that facility that will enable both the wind farm and then will also enable the data centre development as well. That's essentially going to be grid infrastructure developed at zero cost to the state and handed over as part of the national grid. But of course, that's not the only thing that's happening uh, in Dub20 down in Arco. The, you know, there, there's more of a campus being developed there, which will facilitate other forms of renewable energy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, absolutely. And it, it is interesting because we spoke about the constraints you see with Dublin and we, everybody focuses on the grid and the power constraints. The other constraint that we have to look at is the spatial constraints. You are far more constrained in terms of land and availability in Dublin. In our site in Arklo, where we've got 100 acres, over 100 acres available, available to us, we have done a deal with a company called BioCore Engineering, who are developing an anaerobic digestion plant on our site. That anaerobic digestion plant basically takes, takes waste products from agriculture and various other industries. Through processes that they run, they create energy in the form of gas, which could be injected into the gas system, while also having an output, which is a fertilizer, which could be sent back into the agriculture uh, agricultural community as well. So as well as the SSE element, you know, the BioCore is another really good green credential that has been developed on our site in Arclo. What's been the response from the local community in, in Arco to this? Is this something that they're wary of, that they welcome? What what levels of positivity have you received? We've had we've had nothing but fantastic support in Arco. That that comes from meeting people, the, the local chambers, uh, various other business communities. We've had we've had really, really we've been really well received and a very, very positive general reception from the area, who are very keen to see this facility which Back in the day, the Irish fertilizer site, of which our Dub20 site is, is being developed, used to employ 2,000 people. It used to be the hub of the community. It's largely sat underutilized for quite a few years. And now we're seeing a major rejuvenation project coming on in the form of the various renewable activities we're talking about here in terms of the data center facility and also in terms of the ecosystem that's been developed around it. I think it would be remiss of us, given what's going on in Glasgow, right now, as we're recording this, uh, it would be wrong if we didn't mention uh, COP26, climate action. And I want to talk about biogas particularly, and it goes back to a question I asked earlier about wind energy. Once again, your, uh, your relationship with SSE was a first. Your relationship with Biocore Environmental uh, is a first. I know from speaking to Biocore myself that they are puzzled as to why there isn't more assistance given either in subsidies or uh, in low interest loans 
given by state to the biogas industry in order to develop it. Uh, and yet in the last week or so, as interest in climate change has ramped up, biogas production has become a very hot topic. If you were talking to the government, if you were talking to the people who, who are managing the climate action plan, what would you be saying in terms of what they need to do to kickstart biogas, to kickstart wind energy? I think it's I think it's important, Jeremy, to look at the role that biogas will play in the in in you know in the next five to ten years in the Irish electrical system. We are moving to wind and and, and, and renewables, wind and solar. Um, the and we're all t- targeting a seventy percent uh, renewable tar- target by twenty thirty. However, we've seen recently it's been security supply issues. We've seen that even during July, when the periods of low wind, there's been periods of of, of low output. Low and there's been actual warnings on the on the grid from an electricity point of view. So there's there's plenty of times where the, the, there's a prolific uh, wind generation and there's plenty of power in the system. It has been acknowledged and it's been acknowledged by AirGrid that gas and gas generation is going to be a vital interim generation method. We do have to have conventional generation to smooth the flow of power. At times when the output from wind is low, we do have to have conventional generation on the system in order to to smooth and, 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 and to offset that. So we do see this the, the concept of peaking, whereby when when wind power is, is low, we do need peaking plants around the country, which are going to supplement the grid and are going to be available to run and offset those periods of low of, of low renewable output. They are largely going to be gas-fired, uh, gas-powered, and that's also considerably key, cleaner, it should be pointed out, than oil and coal and peat and various other uh, mixes that might be on the system at the moment. So... The biogas and gas generation has got an essential role to play over the next number of years as we transition towards that 70% of beyond target. Absolutely central. And it is is vital that uh, the government does support uh, renewable gas in order to facilitate this. I've been talking about the power issues and the government's much vaunted and long-awaited emissions budgets, the the carbon budgets. There's been a number of quite strident voices calling for a moratorium on data centres and data centre growth. Um, now, you obviously as a data centre provider wouldn't uh, wouldn't agree with that and, you know, data centres are being recognised as uh, essential infrastructure. Would you care to comment on that? Absolutely. I, I, I you know, it, it is important to point out that data centres are critical infrastructure. They're central to everything we do and how we are running our lives these days. The moratorium that was called for recently, thankfully, was rejected. A moratorium of that type would have given out very, very negative messages from an Ireland point of view in terms of Ireland's openness and Ireland's readiness, even from a, from foreign direct investment, not just data centres. But if there's a moratorium on large energy users, that would have been a, a very serious negative message that would have gone out into the foreign direct investment market. It does come down to, though, that data centres do need to be part of the solution here. They do absolutely need to be part of the solution. We do welcome, and Echelon absolutely welcome, the current direction that's been taken by the CRU, whereby they're saying future grid connections, future large grid connections, should be provided to participants and applicants who are locating in appropriate locations and also bringing their own on-site generation to mitigate the demand that they have. So as we're working through the next few winters, and, and there's grid and generation constraints concerns there and security supply concerns there, we do need to show that Ireland is open open for business, Ireland remains open for large energy users. However, those large energy users have to behave 
uh, responsibly. From a grid citizenship point of view, they have to be available to support the grid. In supporting the grid, they're enabling the take on and the absorption of more renewables on the system, which ultimately is bringing us towards those 2030 targets, towards the zero carbon economy that we're all targeting. Data centers do have an absolute role to play in that regard. And the, the moratorium would have been an exceptionally negative message. And I think it's it's it just the way the CRU have gone in terms of no, there has to be change. You have to connect, you can connect, however, you have to connect under certain conditions. You have to offset what you're doing, you have to support the grid. And that's been the cornerstone of Echelon strategy since we found it. And it's something that we're very keen to to progress with both Airgrid and the CRU on. And I think it's, I mean, it, it's very far-sighted. We've seen uh, over the last few weeks a fairly unedifying spectacle of overburdened and underinvested infrastructure and the people who run it blaming the problems on uh, high demand from, and naming and shaming and saying data centers, mm. uh, when in fact, really, the, the problem is probably a, a lack of foresight and a lack of investment. However, as you've rightly said, you know, data centers have to play their part. And, and have to be a part of it. And, and if you look, uh, Jeremy, we see our sites in Arclo as being the model, you know, the model for future large energy users. Location-wise, we've moved a large consumer beside large generation and source of renewable generation. We've got a lot of on-site innovation and we've got space for on-site innovation, enabling us to store renewable power that would otherwise be curtailed. We're in a situation where we're bringing power infrastructure at our own cost, our own investment to the site. That allows us to import when the grid is happy to provide us with power. When the grid sees any constraints or any warning signs, it gets flagged to us and we provide for ourselves. We mitigate our our requirement completely. We're also available to export to the grid. So all of this being done also in a regional site, a regional location also adds the regional investment in, in terms of spreading some of the investment that has been purely centralized within the M50 area, spreading it out now wider, creating employment and significant investment out into the regions. I do think that the Echelon model, uh, and I know I'll be accused of it, you would say this, wouldn't you? But I do believe the Echelon model is an, if not the, but an best answer to the questions that are being thrown at the data center sector. And I think it's answering, it's answering those questions and delivering. And if uh, I was to distill it down to its simplest, what are the major concerns at the moment? Major concerns in terms of security supply. What we're saying as a large responsible developer is that when the grid is happy to supply us, when there is power and excess power available in the system, we'll consume from the grid. When the grid isn't and there's constraints, we will generate power. We'll even make it available to, we will cover our own requirement and we'll make that power available to the grid. We'll export to the grid to support general security of supply. Critically, we need to be doing this while enabling our 2030 targets of 70% renewables and beyond that. Having conventional generation on the system uh, in the form of gas generation, as, as one example, is absolutely central and is flagged by AirGrid as being a central interim fuel source to enable us to hit and to handle and smooth the process of when the wind doesn't blow or when renewable power is, is lower. We are seeing a constant demand and a rising demand across the board. It's brilliant to bring on the renewable power, which we need to continue to do, but we do need to be able to cater for periods of low renewable outputs. Conventional generation is going to be absolutely key to enabling that. And Joe, I don't think you can say fairer than that. So, uh, Graham, thank you very much indeed. Graham, Mark Williams, who is uh, Chief Operating Officer of Echelon Data Centres. Thanks for joining us today. That is um, it's, it's a great roundup and eye-opening. So thank you. Thank you for your time. 
Very good. Thank you, guys. Power and Responsibility. The Data Center Podcast is brought to you by Echelon Data Centers, a company delivering large-scale data center assets that are more cleanly and sustainably powered now, moving towards 100% renewable green energy in the future. Echelon currently has six facilities under development in Ireland and the UK, with a potential combined capacity of around 500 megawatts. (laughs) 